Hello and welcome back to the EduInc podcast. 2021, it's a new year ahead of us. And most of us are delighted that 2020 is behind us. And though the year may be behind us, the pandemic certainly isn't. This is just a short podcast to give you answers to the three most burning questions you likely have. When are we going back to school? How are we going back to school? And what do we have to do to prepare for going back to school this year? In the studio with me, I have Headmaster Mr. Aitchison and Executive Head Mrs. Aitchison. Let's dive straight into when do we go back? Well, let me start with happy 2021 to you, Gavin, and to all of our parents and our students and our teachers. I think we do have another challenging year ahead of us, but we've done this before. We know what we're doing, so we are quite prepared to be getting on with it. Question one, in terms of when we go back to school, despite what the current calendar says, we will actually be going back to school on the 18th of January. We made that decision after taking into consideration a directive that was sent out by SASA and consulting with other heads of private schools who are doing the same thing. And the reason for that is we are all waiting on tender hooks to hear what the government has to say on hopefully the 15th of the month, where the president should be addressing us again with regards to any further restrictions and hopefully what impact that will have on schooling and education going forward. Yeah, I think that decision is also a very responsible one. We're seeing the COVID numbers rise quite dramatically. And in our mind, when the numbers were this high last time, we were in level five lockdown. And I think three days to make the right decision is probably the most prudent thing to do at this point. So Monday morning, 18th January, 7.30, school starts. Yep, school starts Monday, 7.30 for 2021. What is it going to look like? How will school be operating? I think that's part of what we're waiting for, some direction from the government and we anticipate three scenarios, the first being that all students and all faculty are back on campus. And as EduInc is an on-campus school, that is the, the most ideal scenario for us. And we are preparing for that so that we can have everybody back on campus. The second scenario is that we are all required to stay at home because that's the responsible thing to do or that the government has enforced restrictions to lower the COVID numbers. And we've also done that before last year, and we've, had it, we've done it with great success. So scenario one, everyone on campus. Scenario two, everybody schooling from home. And then the third scenario is that some of us are on campus and that some of us are at home. Who is on campus is determined by three criteria that the teachers and the leadership of the school have identified. Mrs. Aitchison? We looked for very quantifiable criteria to take all the subjectivity out of that decision. Uh, and those three criteria are very simply the academic performance of the child, the ability to meet deadlines of the child, and the online behaviors of the child. The online behaviors probably being one of the most important factors, because if those behaviors aren't what we need them to be, it completely undermines the schooling from home process. Agreed. I think that the online behaviors were some of the biggest impedances to academic success last year. And I look forward to learners having learned from those, their successes academically um, and reflect on their behaviors because behavior is something that we do control and something that we can change. Yeah, absolutely. And we've also been doing this for nearly a year now. Yeah. So we know what's required. We know what we need to do to get the job done. Yeah. So let's get it done. Sure. So we know when we're going back. We don't yet know how we're going back, but we have three scenarios. And we'll clarify that in another podcast closer to the time of returning to school. And the third thing we want to hear about is... What do we have to do to prepare for going back? Kevin, I think the preparation for going back is the typical physical things like stationary and stuff like that. 
But I think the preparation is important psychologically just to get our mindset right about learning again in the new year. And that includes getting your hair cut, boys getting shaved, making sure that they are looking neat and tidy. We're going to be wearing school uniforms in the new year. And that also looks like getting your stationery for the new year. And under the resource section on our website, uh, on noon tomorrow, Friday, there will be a list for your grade of what station you required. I think what's also important is that we've been away from campus for a while and it's important to reorientate yourself with the safety protocols that we put in place, how we dress, what is expected, what we have to bring onto campus, what we have to take away with us, etc. I think those are things that are very important. So just to reiterate again, everybody, follow the hair policy of the school. Follow the uniform policy of the school. Get your stationery prepared. As you know, we will give you textbooks when you arrive at school or we'll have them delivered or being able to collect them from the school depending on what the scenarios are. In keeping with the safety protocols, even if we are back in uniform, I'd like to remind you that sabanas, bandanas, hats, etc. are still not permissible. These are the things that the kids take off and leave lying around and that people pick up and touch. So please don't let the children wear those to school. We're talking about the normal blue jeans or golf shorts with their school t-shirts and their closed shoes. While the rest of the school was on holiday, I know you were working very hard on the design process and what the new hybrid classrooms are going to look like. I know a little bit about them. It's really exciting. And I think this is a great opportunity for you to give our parents and children some insight into what they can expect to walk into in the hybrid classrooms. Well, maybe I should give you a little bit of background on that before we go into the the actual detail of what they look like. Really in anticipation of COVID not being finished with us and that it was very likely that even if we do get to go back to school on the 18th of January, there will probably be periods where the children have to be at home on and off. The hybrid classroom has become a very pressing need for all the schools and a good functional hybrid classroom. So towards the end of last year, we took some of the learning that Mr. Aitchison had taken from his uh, Harvard course. He's been doing a certificate in advanced educational leadership. And we took some of that Harvard training that he's done and we did a design workshop with our staff where they actually got to prototype the ideal hybrid classroom. And for us, the ideal hybrid classroom is one that replicates the actual classroom as closely as possible. In other words, the children are hearing each other interact, whether they're at home or in the classroom, and the teacher has full visual and audio of all of those scenarios, whether the children are at home on multiple different computers and the children sitting in front of them. During this process, we identified three key areas that we were working on They came out of the empathy interviews with the students as well as the teachers and faculty. And the first one is that for a successful hybrid learning space or learning from home space, we need to identify technology for communication. The second thing is we need to identify technology for work. And that is different from technology for communication because we can use technology to communicate and not do any work or we can use technology to work and not do any communication on it. And then the third thing is the tech behavior, the desirable tech behavior that allows you to communicate and work effectively on technology in a remote space. So when discussing technology for communication, there are a couple of things that you need to be prepared for. And that is, first and foremost, the students need a functional webcam. The students also need headphones and a microphone ideally over-ear headphones because they'll be wearing them for a long period of time. 
and no longer is it going to be acceptable for your microphone to be off during class or your camera to be off during class. Effective learning, face-to-face learning happens when we can see and hear you at all times. It means that your peers and your teachers can read your body language and they can see what's going on. The second thing, tech for work. That is the working space that you need to work. And the first thing that is the most important is that you need a second screen. The reason we need two screens is that your one screen will be used for communication and that is where your class will be online that you can see everybody in that classroom so that you are participating in it. And the second screen is the screen that you'll use to do work. That is where you're typing a document or something like that. You also need to have space on your desktop with all your tech in place to have a book open where you can be making notes and also a textbook open that you can be reading from. It is not possible to be reading everything off the computer. It is also not totally healthy. It is also not totally healthy not to be using your handwriting to do physical notes. And this is what blended learning is all about, using technology and the hard copy versions of making notes and your textbook. So the space at home, two screens, one for work, one for communication, and a place where you can put a textbook out to read and also make notes as you need to. You also need to have a dedicated space. Based on what I've just said, you can see that the learning space or the workspace is not a transient space. It needs to be dedicated. It needs to be a place where you're not going to be disrupted and where it's not a thoroughfare at home or something like that. Some students may require a printer in that space and a scanner, depending on their personal needs, especially if they are... You know, in mathematics, they are busy writing, for example, and then they would like to send the handwritten note or make it digital so that the teachers can read it. Then I'll need a printer and a scanner to do that. The last thing that is really, really important, and I cannot emphasize that none of this can be possible if you do not have a stable fiber internet line at home. We often find that 3G or 4G wireless is not stable, and I highly recommend that you get a stable fiber internet connection. You need 10 megs per person in the household. If there's one person in the household, a 10 meg line is fine. If there are 10 people in the household, you need a 100 meg line. So if there are four people in the household, a 40 or 50 meg line will be sufficient. And I emphasize, without a stable internet connection, you cannot run the tech for communication and you cannot run the tech for learning or for work. And Mrs. Aitchison, if you recall the email and podcast that we spoke about at the end of last year, and I extend my hand again for people who are unsure, please drop me an email and I can help you with those specs and even connections. We are getting the technology at a really good price and we have the licenses that make it cheaper for parents if they need it. Then the last thing I'm going to talk about is the tech behavior and the desirable behavior. And I'm going to hand you over to Mrs. Aitchison to go through that because she's already touched on it earlier in the podcast. Well, I think it comes back to what we spoke about. We've been at this for the better part of a year. And it's likely that we are going to have to deal with this going forward for an indefinite period of time. We don't know what's going to happen with the vaccines and what impact that's going to have on getting the kids to school. There are unacceptable behaviors that, again, last year really highlighted Uh, Behaviors such as the commentary of my camera isn't working, my webcam isn't working, my computer's updating or it's rebooting. As far as we're concerned, these are delay tactics. That just demonstrates a lack of preparation. 
get up in the morning, switch your computer on. We've said this in a previous podcast so that any updates, etc., are happening before you sit down and get it going for your day at school. Can I add in my Wi-Fi connection has dropped. Mm. My computer's battery is dead mm. because, again, it points to a lack of preparation and a lack of dedicated workspace. We do expect that the equipment that the learners are using is up to spec by this point. We've had nearly a year to get this right, so let's make sure that it is right going into 2021. So essentially the type of behaviours we're talking about are the behaviours that delay teaching and learning during a lesson, take away from teaching and learning during a lesson. Um, They're coming from the children who are spending more headspace on trying to circumvent the lesson than actually just being part of it. It's disruptive, it's unacceptable, it is not acceptable in the classroom, and it is therefore unacceptable during schooling from home. I think the easiest way to put it is, in a normal classroom, would you be sitting watching a YouTube video? Would you be listening to music? Would you be surfing the web? Playing Minecraft. Or playing Minecraft, or solitaire, or whatever game is taking your fancy at this point? The answer is absolutely no. So it is unacceptable behavior for students to be doing it in the digital learning space as well. And on that note, when we do go back to school, even if we are in groups or cohorts, along with the reinstituted uniform policy, we are reinstituting the no cell phone on campus policy. Despite what your children are telling you, parents, WhatsApp groups are not necessary during lessons. Children may not bring their cell phones to campus at all. If parents would like their children to have their cell phone on campus, the parent will be required to submit an application for the cell phone. The only consideration is for learners who are older and who need to make transport arrangements such as Ubers after school. Those learners will be required to bring their cell phones in a Ziploc bag so that we can spray it down before it is handed in and signed in like it used to be. I think this comes to the heart of why we have the cell phone policy in the first place. We found in term three that even in the classroom, that WhatsApp, Hangouts, um, Instagram were very disruptive and distracting in the classroom and were no longer being used for a tool for communication in most classes and instances and became one of those undesirable behaviors that we need to resolve. The beginning of the year is always about organization and practical arrangements. We've got some guidance on what we have to do and expect before school reopens. Another podcast will follow this telling us exactly how we will be on campus. Any last thoughts to wrap up? Well, we're really looking forward to seeing everybody again. Uh, We're really hoping that the government doesn't lock us down again. That's not ideal for us. However, you know, Gavin, if this time last year you had asked me what one of the most important things are with regards to what we do, I would have said to you it's the high-quality education of the children in our care. That, a year down the track, has become completely synonymous with health and safety as well. We can offer a very high quality of education as long as they are healthy enough to receive it. Like Mrs. Aitchison, I'm very excited to see everybody. I think that the Eduink family, the faculty and students are a unique bunch of people and I really, really enjoy spending time with them. I'm really looking forward to 2021. I know there are going to be a lot of challenges as they always are. And I'm reminded of the Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. I'm very, very proud of our community and how we handled 2020. And I have no doubt that with the faculty, the parents and the students support and the leadership of the school that we are going to be even stronger by the end of this year. 
We are going into this year with our eyes open. We know what we're good at. As identified in this podcast, there are things that we need to work on. And one of the reasons we've raised it now is that it gives parents and more so students time to reflect on their behavior and what they're going to get right so that everybody can come into the schooling environment, whatever that might look like this year, in the right frame of mind, the right habits in place, the right intentions as well. Guys, I look forward to seeing you and connecting with you in the next week or so. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Thank you, everyone. Remember to listen out for the next podcast on the how. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.